episode 27 of our Brooklyn Bites. Episode 27. We made it this far. <laughs> that's that's half a year. Yeah. You realize that? Uh, half a deck of cards, too. <laughs> 26. Yeah. 26 Close. would have been. Oh, okay. But we skipped a week, so... What, the Jokers don't count? We're kind of two Jokers, uh, aren't we? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming they do. It was a 50, and then the two... I'm not a card player. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, well, we've got more games on our plate this week. So why don't we talk about what you've been up to? Okay. I haven't been playing a whole lot this week mm-hmm. for change. So I I, uh, I did play. I, I've been bouncing around on the... Because I, I know last week I talked about a couple of iPad games I've been going through. So I kind of did the same thing this week, but... I didn't really put a whole... I, I kind of went like 10 minutes in one game, 10 minutes in another. So I bounced around a lot. Um, the one game that I put some time into was called Commander Pixman. Hmm. Uh, P-I-X-M-A-N. And uh, this is, you know, also a pixel type of game, sprite-based. Yeah. And it works with the uh, external controller. So that's one of the reasons why I picked it. And... Uh, it's on the iPad? Uh, it's on the iPad or iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to try to, um, it's like one of those impossible level things, you know, you have to move your guy to the, to level and you look out for the spikes and the falling stuff. And, um, the, the one thing I don't like about this game, and so I didn't, I didn't get through the whole, I got like halfway through it and then the difficulty just ramped up so high I was getting too frustrated, mm-hmm. is his, the movements are not very, um, the control is not very tight. So it feels like his, it's almost like he's wearing a jetpack and when you have to do these jumps... He has this weird, like, slow start, like, vertical ascent, and it just feels strange and, like, almost like a Flappy Bird type of um, mechanic, how, like, it, it's not a fluid, like, jumping mm-hmm. mechanic. Um, so, so I mean, I was able to tolerate it, but after, like, you know, because it's, it's, there, there's a lot of levels, I was just like, eh, I can't do this anymore. So is it, like, a low gravity kind of a thing? Um, not really. I mean, it's almost... It just plays like a regular, like you would almost not even know. Like it's, um, he's wearing a jetpack. I, I don't even think he's wearing a jetpack, but mm-hmm. it just that's kind of the only way I can explain. Yeah. How like when you jump, it doesn't feel like natural, like a natural physics. Okay. So uh, yeah. So and another issue I have is with the Mad Cats, and I have to investigate this. The iOS uh, controller. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I'm getting a lot of lag on it. So I've been a lot of these games I've been trying recently. I've been using the controller and like for like simple like that traps and gemstones game where it's not like super fast paced. The controller works pretty good, mm-hmm. but you know I definitely noticed like a you know a couple of milliseconds lag and, and like I'm the last person to complain about lag in controllers like you know because I use the Ouya and stuff and those things seem like perfect to me. But um, it's definitely noticeable on, on all my games and uh, I don't know. I did a system reset. I um, I re-synced the controller to the iPad. I, um, you know, I closed out all the apps. I did all the things, like, that you would normally do to, like, clear out the memory and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the games are still lagging a little bit, hmm. like the controller. And it's pretty noticeable. Whereas, like, a game where you need, you know, precise split-second jumps and stuff, like, it just, it's impossible with the control pad. Like, even playing Crossy Roads, like, it, it doesn't respond quick enough. I could do much quicker movements just by tapping the screen. I wonder what it is. 
I don't know. I was looking on, there's not a whole lot of support on Mad Cat's website. And I looked on Amazon just to see, like, other people's feedback. And they're all saying it's, like, you know, perfect. So I don't know if it's just because I use an iPad Air and maybe need, like, the iPad Air 2. That would be but crazy. I don't think the Bluetooth would matter. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be the same Bluetooth. So hmm. I, I don't know. Batteries are good. I have fresh batteries in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to investigate this a little bit more. Maybe hmm. try it on my phone, like, sync it to that and see if it's... See if a it lags. Issue or... See if it lags in the same way. Like yeah, it's weird because I mean I used iCade too, and iCade works great. I never mm-hmm. had any lag issues with that. Right, and that was Bluetooth also. Yeah. Yep. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Huh. But it's definitely noticeable. That's good to know. And almost like to the point where I I can't really play any of these games with the controller because it's just lagging too much. I was sort of ready to get one of those controllers too. Well, I don't know, like like I said, going looking at the reviews on Amazon, no one has this problem, it seems like. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's something with... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that kind of a response or result to a problem, though, where no one else is having a problem. Yeah. That's, that's like, you know, that's like when you don't feel well, but you go to the doctor and he says, oh, but there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I feel horrible. I know. <laughs> I, I even Googled it and stuff and uh-huh. nothing comes up on a, on a search. I would almost much rather see somebody else say, yeah, I've got the same exact issue and here's how I fixed it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But that's unsatisfactory when you have nothing, you know, you don't have anybody else that's experiencing the same thing. Yep. So hmm. I don't know. I guess I could write Mad Cats, but I just I know the response is going to be the typical, you know, delete your resync it and change your batteries. It's going to be the whole like back and forth of the basic, mm. you know. It's, you know how they get their automated response systems. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I'll I have to just all right spend some more time with it. But I so saw other games I played were. Uh, so there was an update to Woe Dave. It's a game that I talked about a couple of... Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a few, a few months ago at this point. Right. Um, and so now it's called Woe Dave Deluxe. <laughs> and um, if those who don't remember, it's very arcade style, um, chunky pixels. Uh, sort of like Bubble Bobble meets that kind of joust. I don't really know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. but um, A little bit of Mario Brothers, the arcade game. Yes, yes. Also uh-huh. in there. Yeah, yeah, you just you're yeah, it's um it's definitely worth checking out. It's free on PSN network, PlayStation Plus members. Mm-hmm. So for this month, I don't know how if it's all month or just this week or so I guess check it out, but um it's free. I have I have it on both on Steam and I just picked it up on PlayStation Network also. Um but yeah, I love the deluxe update. It's much quicker now. It's, um, they added more enemies, more types of environment, like, um, they added, like, teleport doors and a whole bunch of different things. So I'm really, really liking this game. I, I, I must have played it, like, two hours straight. Hmm. Very addicted to it. Um, it's mostly, like, arcade-style score-based game. So, um, definitely, um, that's one of my top picks for this year, I think, so far. Uh, another game I played was something I got from PAX. So I gave it a try. It's called Nuclear Throne. Mm-hmm. And this is from Vlambeer. They make Ridiculous Fishing. Um, what's the other one? They made crate, the Crate Box, I think Super it's called. Box. Super Crate Box, yeah. Uh-huh. So they make a, bu- a bunch of really good games. And this one's good. It's uh, still in early access on Steam. So it's not finished, but... Um, I mean, it feels finished, but they're definitely releasing updates and tweaks mm-hmm. constantly. Um, but I like where it's going. It's a dual-stick shooter. Um, overhead view. Right. You know, pixel graphics again. 
and um, bit of a dungeon crawler. So. Dungeon crawl. It's all random. It's uh, procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. Um, your character mutates after certain levels, so like it changes up constantly. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. This one. This, good. this was the one that was in the post-apocalyptic world, so it's not a typical. Yeah. You know, fantasy universe. It's some kind of, um, you know, like. Like mutants and cyborgs and creatures mm-hmm. and, and you know modern weapons, lots of power ups. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. um, really good music. Music tends to repeat a little bit, but I like the I like the music's really good that, that they chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only complaint is is um, the control scheme's a little bit weird using the the gamepad. It's mm-hmm. a little buggy still, like accessing the menus. And Seems stuff. a little more geared towards mouse and keyboard. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like the frame rate's a little choppy. Mm-hmm. And that could just be because it's not 100% finished yet. Right. But um, that's definitely... Uh, looks to make it's going to be a good one, I think. Hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I, I played it for at least a good hour, and it was fun. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got a code for this game, too, so I have to try it out on my end and see how, I, how it plays. Yeah. Yeah, you should check it out. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much it. I, like I said, I bounced around a couple of games, so... <laughs> but the, these are the three I spend like, a decent amount of time on. Uh-huh. A gaming uh, buffet. Yeah, that's the beauty of digital downloads. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hundred games at my fingertips at any moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I went. I went and played uh, an oldie this time around. Um, I decided to dive into a little uh, survival horror. Um, picked up a game that I've been meaning to play for, I don't know, I guess almost 10 years now. <laughs> it's sort of been in my... You've been putting this off for 10 years. Not really, but you know, it's just one of those old PS2 games that I never got around to. Um, so there was a game that came out on the PS2 in July of 2004. It's called Echo Night Beyond. Hmm. Or Echo Night Beyond. <laughs> and that's how, it's funny because that's how I said it. And then you're like, I say it the same way. <laughs> Because that's how it looks. It's, right. The word beyond is huge. The word beyond is very large. Um, this was developed by From Software, mm. a company that's getting a lot of attention these days. Really? Because of their uh, Souls series, Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Oh, really? And that's Bloodborne. them? Yep. No way. This is wow. one of their early games. Huh. Um, this game is actually the third in the series. There were actually Get two away. Echo Knight games no way. before that on PlayStation 1. <laughs> Are you serious? There was Echo Knight that was released in the U.S. on I've never heard on of PS1. the series, ever. There was a sequel that only came out in Japan. Oh, okay. Uh, these games are not uh-huh. related, though. They're not related to each other. They're always a little different. Oh. So, you mean, they're, like, not at all? Like, completely, totally separate storylines? Yeah. Graphics are different? Yeah, every- totally different everything. Huh. All it's right. just a totally different game. why they would stick with that same... Well, this one in particular... Well, I don't know. This is just, I guess, how they brand their hmm. their uh, horror series. I don't know that, this, that there were any others beyond that. So it hasn't really lasted. I, I, I remember, I'd never heard of this game. You know, you showed me it. But then when I looked at the box cover, the box art, mm-hmm. I remember seeing it in stores. It just <laughs> never occurred to me to ever look at it or pick it up. Yeah. It's a very bland cover to me. And Pretty ordinary because it's kind of rooted in, it kind of looks realistic. So there's nothing flashy about it. Mm-hmm. Um this was published by Age Tech, and they're still around today, I think. So yeah, they do a lot of They're still of going. Yeah. They do a lot of import translations and conversions. Um, so the premise of this game, though, is that you're basically on a shuttle 
to the moon. This is a, this is a sci-fi adventure game. Um, you're going there with your fiance, uh, presumably maybe to get married. Who knows? They don't really delve into the backstory too much. They, they, they kind of set up the game with some very vague imagery and, uh, you kind of thrown into it. Um, so this was, uh, you know, I guess a sci-fi adventure, but it's got a bit of a supernatural bend to it because, um, there's a lot of ghosts involved in this. So, so this is a genre that I find interesting. I find the uh, blend of of sci-fi and not just horror, but supernatural horror. You know, I find those two elements mixing intriguing because, you know, supernatural stuff is kind of thought of as fantasy and uh, could also be, you know, like, well, in a, in a, in a sci-fi setting, you know, it's it's kind of like, well very in, in very scientific terms what is what you know what's a ghost and what does it mean you know like it, it doesn't seem like those worlds overlap very often some say i have some experience with ghosts i don't know hmm well perhaps that might I'm, be a subject for another podcast <laughs> i don't know that's right you are well versed in these <laughs> things as well um but yeah so you're you're on the shuttle and and for some reason the shuttle crashes and now you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on and, you know, where did your fiancé go? Everybody's gone. Um, and um, one thing I noticed about the game, right, there was, there's a typo right on the title screen. It says, all rights reserved, but there's like an extra E in the word reserved. So it's reserved or something like that. I thought they would have caught that. Hmm. Um, there's, um, I, I played this in emulation. I played this with uh, the PCSX2 emulator. Okay. Um, normally works great for a lot of games. Makes them look even better than the original. But uh, this game had a lot of glitches when I tried to run it under hardware mode. So basically it's trying to use the features of my video card in order to improve the game. Um, that didn't work so well, I guess because there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of fog effects in this game and things like that. So if it can't match those features, it probably doesn't usually doesn't work well. So I had to just drop down to software mode, and then the game works totally fine. Hmm. Um, which well, is no I mean, problem. the videos you showed me on YouTube, those were I, I guess ripped straight from the game. It's the original, maybe. Place. Could those be. look pretty good. I didn't even think you needed to enhance it much. Yeah, I mean, usually the enhancements are just improvements in resolution and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, it didn't really impede. I mean, you know, I still enjoyed the game for what it was. Um, I think um, I think the problems I had with the game, if I had problems at all, were just like just getting used to the controls and just learn understanding, you know, what the limitations of what I could do are. Is this the type of game that you use like headphones to really get immersed into the uh, suspense? I th- and- it, it probably would work well for a game like this because I feel like. Um, you know, a type of game like this where it's a lot of exploration, mm-hmm. a lot of it is immersion and mood and the atmosphere that the game creates and things like that. So, like, how much you buy into the experience of, of being there. The game is in a first-person perspective. I mean, occasionally it breaks out into, um, you know, some pre-rendered scenes that are more cinematic and more third person. Mm-hmm. But when you're in control and you're playing, it's all first person. 
and you're in like an astronaut suit basically and you hear the constant sound of your air tank and breathing and yep. your pulse rate and you so know, the whole the whole thing that sets it up is the, the pulse rate mm-hmm. yeah so that's that plays a big part in, in in the experience of the game because as you run into ghosts in the game um your pulse rate starts to increase and you feel that uh, in the controller too, in the, in the rumble. So <clears throat> I was, um, playing the game with an Xbox 360 controller mm-hmm. plugged into my PC. I wasn't using a DualShock 2, uh, but the rumble works perfectly. I mean, there's no, you know, you feel the same kind of, um, like feedback that you would get from the native controller. So it's nice to see that that kind of stuff works without any issue. Through the emulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, through the emulator and, you know, through a controller that's not native. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that works out pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, the game is pretty simple, though. I mean, in terms of gameplay, it's it's very much... Uh, there's no combat in the game. There's no fighting. There's no weaponry. There's nothing for you to do to fight back. It's always... You're, you're trying to, like, avoid dealing with hostile ghosts. Uh-huh. For the most part, um, you're trying to uncover um, story elements that lead them to kind of move on into the next world, you know, and stop them from haunting this place. Uh, so, you know, if anything, you're just trying to sort of um, get the right items to unlock the right things to get them to give you the next item that you'll need for the next puzzle. Um, there's some environmental puzzles. Also, certain certain situations where you have to try to figure out exactly what it would take to progress further. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where, like, you're uh, in like what's like a greenhouse area, and there's like plants on trays inside like a machine that you could you could select like which tray you want to look at, and you're given a very rudimentary control panel. You just have like a three by three grid, and you're supposed to figure out like what are you supposed to press and what are you supposed to look for? Like there's an object on one of the trays that you have to get out. So you have to rotate the trays in the right sequence to eject it so that you have the right item to give to the next ghost that you encounter and things like that. Yeah. It didn't seem from what I saw, it didn't seem like you, most of the game is not like that though. It just seemed like a lot of kind of wandering until you run into something that triggers an event Mm -hmm. rather than actually like going up and examining every single thing you run into yeah but you you do kind of have to do that though like I mean, to, to me it seemed like because i don't have a whole lot of experience with those type of games right but i um i played most recently is um that game pt mm-hmm. on ps4 sure. and um that reminds me obviously that just came out but i feel like that's pretty close to this game that you show you're showing me mm-hmm. um and, and the whole like horror aspect and like you don't really control a whole lot you're just kind of like examining events and talking and not talking about like seeing things. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, you're because you're not armed and what could you do against ghosts anyway? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's, it's all about just kind of trying to outthink them. You can't and, even fight. Like, so no, I mean, what happens is if away, you get, right? if you get close to one that's too hostile to you, um, then your your heart rate starts to increase like significantly, and you basically have a heart attack and die on the spot. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, and there's uh, syringes that you find in, oh, yeah? in different places that you can use to inject yourself with uh-huh. to kind of calm yourself down a little bit. 
but it's a very temporary effect. It doesn't last long. It only buys you maybe a couple of seconds in certain situations. Um, there was one scene where there was a ghost on the other side of a machine. So I created a diversion for him to come over to me to see what that noise was. As soon as I have his attention, I'm starting to get hyper. My character starts like, you know, freaking out. Mm-hmm. But while he's coming over to see where I am, I have to run around and then open another box and then try to get to a switch. Um, and I barely made it in that situation. I had to basically use one of those syringes to calm myself down long enough so that I can use, uh, I had to use a key card to like activate the ventilation system. So what was that? Cause I noticed that some, like every ghost you come encounter with mm-hmm. will get you excited. Your heart rate racing, right? The good, like they're the good ghosts still do it, but they don't kill you. But the right. bad ghosts will make your heart rate go super yep. fast until you die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that's true, right? Yeah, that's okay. how it works. I mean, basically it was if your if your heart rate goes to 139 beats per minute mm-hmm. and stays there, then the ghost is not hostile. That's how you that's kind of how you know. How, you, how's your real life heart? Did you ever get it measured? <laughs> um, no. Mine's very low. Is it really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't uh I, I have I, a low heart, heart heart rhythm, yeah. Just naturally? Mhm. That's yeah. good though. That's good because I think people who are in good shape have lower, lower pulse rate because your body's, uh, like your heart is like stronger. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't have to beat as often. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool though. I kind of like this. I mean, it's a very slow paced game. It's not something that you're going to blow through in a couple of hours. You have to sort of, um, want to experience the type of. Um, you know, setting and, and, and the kind of things that you run into in this game. Um, I don't know. So far, I'm, I'm actually not quite done with it yet. I'm about a little, I'd say a little more than halfway done based on the number of like characters. Cause you do have like a log, you have like a few, a few things at your disposal. You have like a map and like a log and it shows you, um, whose stories you've unlocked and things like that. And it seems like I'm a little more than halfway through it. Um, so, and I think I've already put in about maybe 12 hours into it. It's a pretty big chunk. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm, I'm slow with this stuff. I take my time. (laughs) I usually don't. Well, it seems like the the type of game though, that it's exploration. So you really, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can go any quicker. Like, how would you, unless you knew exactly like where to go at the right moments. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, to get all the kind of objects that you need, though, you kind of need, do need to examine every little thing because you need to get like ID cards and like you have to have certain objects to give to certain people at the right time. Mm. Um, the, the interesting thing is I, I, there, there is um, another element to this game where you run into these monitoring stations where you have like uh, surveillance, video surveillance systems. And you often use that to look ahead into the area that you're about to proceed into. Um, so you'll see various ghosts walking around on on the camera. And you'll get to sort of realize what their movement patterns are. Because they're all pretty much fixed patterns. Um, so sometimes you'll see a ghost kind of patrolling an area. And you'll know, all right, once he's past camera two in this next room, then it's safe for me to run the other way and get into the control system on the other side. Um, you're warned pretty early in the game that the fog 
if the, if, the, if a room has a heavy fog in it, mm-hmm. that that's an indication that there's going to be ghostly activity ah, there. Okay. So in order to combat that, you have to activate the ventilation system to, oh, that to, to clear the okay. fog out. Hmm. And once you do that, that'll calm the ghost down. So apparently, I think I think the, the way the story is being. Um, the, from the clues that I've gotten from the story so far, there's something about the fog that makes the ghost hostile. Mm-hmm. So if you can clear the fog out, then they're not as hostile towards you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the one thing that was interesting that you showed me was the people, who, so these ghosts are not like the typical monsters and stuff. They're just like regular people, like, right. I guess, who died on this ship for whatever reason. Yeah, it seems like some of them are, were on the shuttle with you, mm-hmm. and then some of them were uh, workers or okay. inhabitants of the base. And I found it interesting that, like, some of them don't even know they're dead. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I, my friend I was with died, you know, in the crash, but, you know, I'm still here or something. They don't, they haven't, like, they haven't really realized. I like the way they presented that to mm-hmm. the to the user it's not just like your typical um you know scary monster or mm-hmm. something like that it's, it was kind of a little deeper than right a little more psychological it's it's a way for them to tell the story in the game yeah uh-huh. that you're just kind of um you kind of trying to working backwards a little bit to try to find out what exactly caused the crash and and how are you able to see these ghosts <laughs> you you have to almost be right on top of them to be able to see them. I mean, like just in, in the, like why why are you able to to see like usually we don't see ghosts, like, right? Like, why, sure. why on this place? Yeah, I, believe they don't me. Explain that yet? There, I mean, there was one point where I go past a sleeping ghost. He's like in his, in his well, ghosts need their rest, and he's in the he's still in his astronaut suit, and he's sitting on a bench, and he's like snoozing. And every so often he wakes up, and then that's the time when you're not supposed to be there. You have to wait for him to like kind of take a nap, and then you can mm. scurry past him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, and, and in that scene you kind of go past him into an airlock, and then you get to walk on the surface of the moon, where the gameplay is a little different. You feel a little oh. more um, a little more low gravity. I guess there's like artificial gravity on the base. So when you're outside, it's like a little more bouncy. The mm-hmm. run button isn't a run anymore. Now it's like it acts as a jump, oh, okay. and you do like a, one of those like slow bunny hops that you you, know, you see the astronauts cool. do. Yeah, and in that next scene, you also see like a, a, a graveyard set up on the moon. So I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like I like the scenery. I like the imagination that they, they go through to set this up. Um, you could definitely see the influences in this game. You do see a lot of, you know, maybe old sci-fi movies from the 80s and 90s. Um, I got the impression of like Outland at one point, hmm. which um, was a movie with John Connery in the 80s, early 80s, probably around Blade Runner time. I think it was like 81 or something like that. Um, there was a there was a room in this game where, where on, on the base, where you go into it, and uh, it's actually uh, run by an android. There's like an android there who looks human. He like looks totally normally human. But the walls all look like um, like a field of grass. So like once you step in, you look around, but the walls look almost like the holodeck, where it's like an artificial scene of like just a peaceful tranquil scene on earth or something like that Mm -hmm. and um the android explains to you that he's a painter and he uh, you know as you solve each ghost's um problem whatever whatever problem or puzzle um if you go back into that room that that ghost will now be represented there on the wall painted into the scene presumably by this android um and that scene reminded me of just something i just remember from that movie 
there was a there was a scene in that movie where like um, they're trying to show you like what's you know because that movie it takes place on one of the moons of Jupiter, and it's miners working on a on a moon base, and um, you try to get a sense of what do they do for recreation there. You know, like a, probably some of them haven't been on Earth for many years, so they try to pass the time in a way that kind of simulates life on Earth. And, um, I think on, in, in that one scene, um, the boss is like playing a game of golf and it's like almost like a video game where he's, he's swinging his racket and everything, but on the wall is projected like a real golf course Mm -hmm. and the ball, like he'll swing the ball and he'll hit it and then it goes and hits the wall. And then the video on the wall takes over. That was a real thing. (laughs) It was, right? Yeah, that was real. Yeah. Uh So, but keep in mind, this was like 1981 or something. Yeah, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was out. I remember that like in the nineties. I don't know if that was Mm -hmm. available yet. Right, so he was doing that kind of a thing, and that scene just reminded me of this place in the game. Okay, um, but like I was, what I was saying though about the surveillance cameras, there's also parts on the video as you're scanning where you see like a glowing green patch, mm-hmm. and if you zoom in on that patch, it, it cuts to like a flashback video where it'll show you like something, a scene of that happened in that, in that spot that might have caused some kind of spectral like imprint to be left behind. Mm-hmm. And they just use it to just give you more story exposition and show you more about what might have happened to cause all of this. And little by little, you get little hints about what caused the calamity at the base. Why is everyone gone? And, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, so I guess I have a little more to play in the game. Um, Maybe. Yeah, well, a bit more. Wait, do you think so? Twelve hours, thirteen hours? Uh, yeah, but I think a long time. But it's just it based on my progress. I feel like I'm. I've got my like, really just, more. Yeah. I've got like at least thirty percent of the game left. Wow. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I'm trying to find the girl, the, my fiance, that came with me on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of the goal to get the story there. Wouldn't it be a weird twist if it turns out you're dead too? Um, or that I think I'm going to spoil it. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's I seem I seem to be rooted in reality compared to all the ghosts that I'm running into. Okay. And you know, and obviously they can kill me. So mm, that's true. That's so true. I don't think I'm in. I don't think I'm there yet. But I don't know how it'll, it'll end. Okay. But um, it's I've been enjoying it so far. And what's it called again? It's called Echo Night. Echo Beyond. Night Beyond. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Yep. Do you know if this was available on anything else, or was it just PS2? It was just PS2. Hmm. Um, it came out in Japan as uh, Nebula Echo Knight. It's hmm. a catchy name. <sighs> Very spacey, I think. Hmm. They were going for that. Um, it's, uh, it's you know, it feels like near future. It's not particularly, like, super hi-fi, you know, like, really outlandish sci-fi. It's more like, you know, where... Our technology would be in like fifty years or something, assuming we had a moon base. <laughs> Wait, we have a moon base already, don't we? Oh no, we have a space station. <laughs> That's right. We have an international space station, not an international moon base, not yet. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll see how the game goes from here. You think you'll stick to it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I have to finish it. I'm obligated to finish it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um. So I guess maybe. We should talk about some stuff we might have bought or picked up. Sure, or... let's talk. Well, what'd you pick up? I didn't pick up anything new per <laughs> se, but what I did do is I finally did do my final cash in for Club Nintendo. Um, 
I had, uh, you know, I knew the deadline was coming up. Basically, March 31st was the deadline to register any last bit of uh, points that you might have had to contribute towards your total. And uh, I went through as many Nintendo games that I had that I could find. Basically, I, I had a Club Nintendo membership way back when I first got my first DS. Hmm. And I never that's, touched it since then. Yeah, I think that's pretty much my story, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have that account anymore. I mean, I barely registered maybe two or three games under it, so I don't know what happened to it. Uh, yeah. So I was starting from scratch, and and March thirty first was also the last day to even start a new Club Nintendo account. So I went ahead and did that. Um, and it's uh, and it's funny too because I you know I bought the Wii U over the Christmas holidays, mm-hmm. um, but I hadn't registered it up to this point because I just had hadn't set it up yet. It was still in the box. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I was like my, my entertainment center, let's say, is still uh, under construction. Yeah. So, so I haven't quite had it set up. So I had to scramble to set up the system, register the games, register, you know, you have to do a little extra to register the system as well. Um, and then went through like various Wii games and DS games and tried to register them all in time. Did it feel like Christmas opening up all that stuff? <laughs> in a way, it was kind was of. Is that exciting? Is that like a little I thrill? had a big pile of cellophane as I was taking off all the, the covers of, uh, or, you know, the wrap mm-hmm. and all the games. Is there something nice about opening up a new piece of electronics? Uh, sure. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's like you feel like you're. You know, you've got like it's it's got like potential energy in it that you're just waiting to unleash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit like that. Um, it's funny too because certain games that I was as I was registering them, I would open them up and then I would find that the code wasn't valid anymore, and I'm like, ah, oh, what did I? I just opened this for nothing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's horrible. It did happen a few so uh, for the a few expire? games. Fire. I guess there is a limited time, but it's oh, a little inconsistent because. I was still able to register some DS games and even really? some Wii games. I mean, we Wii U are not that old, right? Wii U, all the games worked. Oh, they all worked. Okay, except for one, I couldn't register Zombie U because it didn't have a, it didn't have one. It just didn't. It was. Really? It's not first party Nintendo. I don't know if that was a factor. Mm. Um, I think they had their own thing. I don't know. I don't know if... Well, it's an Ubisoft game. Oh yeah, yeah. And they mm-hmm. have Uplay, and I don't know if that's there in place of. The Nintendo points. I don't know because uh, I ran into that with another game that was a Square Enix game, and that one you got points on like Square's website, not not your Club Nintendo membership. But meanwhile, there were other third party uh, games that were registered. So I don't know. There was no consistency to it. Um, at one point, I took my DSI and I registered that serial number. And that one said, oh, you know, take a survey and you'll get 100 coins for uh-huh. taking the survey. And I took the whole survey and then I didn't get the 100 coins. <laughs> you better complain. Ah, it's too late. <laughs> well, my goal was to try to get to 800 coins. I know. There's... Because that's the top prize yeah. for the final... Um... That's the holy grail. Yeah, or... sort of. So what was I going to get for my 800 coins? Well, I, I figured, let me get a physical last, you know, object that's being offered because they were offering a bunch of games too. Mm. Um, but I figured, well, digital the games I could always right? get, yeah, they're yeah. all digital, um, uh, you know, through the eShop. Mm-hmm. Um, I could always pick those up on a sale or something else. Let me get something that I can only get through the coins. You sure. Know? Yeah. That's what I would do. Uh-huh. Um, so I ended up picking up that 
that Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. Which is great, because that's your favorite game. Mes- yeah. Two things combined in one. You love Mesker Bags <laughs> and Majora's Mask. Uh, well, I've seen some pictures that people have posted of this bag, because they've gotten theirs already. And let me tell you, this is not a bag that you're going to want to use on a daily basis. Um, this looks more of... Um, I don't know. People were just com- complaining about the material quality and even the quality of the print on it. Yeah. It looks like it's about like a five, $5 bag, maybe. Mm, yeah. Not the greatest looking thing. And how much did it cost, really, to get 800 coins? I mean, I don't know. I'd have to add up what all these games were worth. Yeah, that's a pretty big list. <laughs> Quite a like lot. like 12 games. <laughs> Quite a lot. Um, but the other side benefit is I also got platinum membership in... Club Nintendo. This is all. This was all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to fly you in? Uh, no. So they give. So they just unveiled like a bunch of additional rewards that are available if you've hit gold or platinum level. Um, and there are a couple of you know more software basically mm-hmm. to be offered. Um, and one of them is actually Donkey Kong Country t- Tropical Freeze. Which are these is, are free games. This is a free. free these downloads? are all. These are all freely available. Like no strings attached. Just. No, nothing. As, I mean, as long as you hit that qualifying yeah, level. Can you download, because you're showing me a list of like, you know, like 15 games maybe. Mm-hmm. Can you download all of them or you can only pick one? No, you're, you're entitled to, to one oh. based on the level of well, status. Why would you pick Donkey Kong Freeze? They got NES Remix there. Um, so they do have NES Remix 2. This is just oh. 2. This is not the 1 and 2. Part. Yeah, you don't want that. You want the, I could, the combo. I, you want the combo. I mean, this is worth 15. This is worth about 40. So it's really a question of which one do I want? Like uh, Donkey Kong. I mean, this is a game I would consider getting anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's about a forty dollars game at retail right now. Mm. So mean. it's good. <laughs> well, it's it's been well reviewed anyway. Is it? I think yeah. I think people seem to All like right. it. There is well, there is the NES remix, like you mentioned. There is this other title, Pushmo World. Yeah, what's that? That's kind of a unique title for the system, but it's also a ten dollars game. So. Oh. So really, just it's just all relative. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot more 3ds stuff being offered, but let's just say my 3ds does not go online. Does not go online on the eShop at all. I know. <laughs> Get that firmware has special firmware on there. I have a firmware that I'm not updating mm-hmm. for reasons. Um, so yeah, so I have until the end of April to depict one of these titles as my my final reward for Club Nintendo, and I'll see what it is. Oh boy. I don't know. But based on these selections, it's going to be one of these. So it's not going to be anything that I guess, exciting. Yeah, I guess that one does make sense then. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I've got. All right. I guess... Um, I, I don't have anything. I nothing didn't buy, I didn't buy anything this week. No. Mm. I bought... Well, actually, I bought a, a points card. You bought jelly beans, too. I, I bought $10 worth of jelly beans. <laughs> Can you believe it? No, I think it was 12. I think it was 12. Yeah. And are these, are these, is this like Easter clearance? No. no. It's not even Easter clearance. <laughs> no. I just want to make sure, because I like jelly beans, so I want to make sure I have them, so in case they happen to sell out after Easter. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the clearance stuff goes fast. So. These are these are seasonal jelly beans, right? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're all seasonal. <laughs> so I got to stock up. I don't blame you. I like 12, jelly beans, 12 too. bags, like, that's like two weeks worth of jelly beans? Coming soon, our Brooklyn Jelly Bites. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. possible. In Japan, they're jerry beans. So that's you're very right. We caught we talked about that. Yep, <laughs> I learned that on the show. 
see you get culture too well so, yeah i will save my jelly bean uh adventures mm-hmm. for another podcast okay all right that's fair um i guess also in the news this week relative to nintendo mm-hmm. was uh you know, the gamestop website basically getting crashed hard from people attempting to order the next wave of amiibos believe it or not <laughs> oh, i believe it so yeah people are still going nuts about these figures yeah and nothing wrong with that you know they're characters that people like of their games and you know first time you can buy figures in a lot of these characters mm-hmm. so the problem is some of these characters are exclusive right so in this case gamestop had uh ness mm-hmm. uh as an exclusive and ness is that um that boy with the striped shirt right from uh, earthbound i guess okay yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i haven't played it <laughs> i don't know who half of these characters are but whatever yeah and uh i don't know they i guess were trying to compensate for all this but i guess it wasn't it wasn't enough i mean this this outage even affected in-store purchases as well yeah, well what happened was they were told there was like conflicting stories they were supposed to go i think the twitter feed said to order them online mm-hmm. at a certain time and the other people said you can go in store and order them. You can pre-order them in, inside. And at some point, I think there was some miscommunication that the people who were buying them online, um, they canceled that and they were only going to do in-store mm-hmm. pre-orders only. So, so most people didn't know about that, though. So they're all refreshing. You know, they're F5-ing at like 3 o'clock or whenever it was on the website's. And and so now and then you know all these people in the stores also doing the same thing you know to place these orders mm-hmm. and it was just such a heavy load for GameStop that it just crashed their terminals and at the same time because they use the same computer to do ordering that they do for transactions mm-hmm. that they couldn't make any sales for like an hour or so or like two hours or something like that yeah. it shut down like nationwide it shut down their computers it's pretty crazy I mean they have to. They certainly have to weigh that kind of a thing against whatever benefit getting this exclusive brings them. Well, it, well, it's dumb because the exclusives they don't even have a like they're not making that many. So even if they you know these pre orders, there's not that many pre orders to go around. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of people who wanted them didn't get them. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously there's a problem here, uh, but I guess really the questions in my mind is. You know, you've seen various theories go around. People saying that this is all part of Nintendo's grand scheme. This is—they're doing this on purpose to create false demand for their their uh, products, mm. such that people want to get them even more than they would if they could yeah. freely buy them. And I've seen this theory thrown around in different circumstances, and I wonder how true it really is. Is this a case of supply chain problems? Is it that Nintendo just is oblivious to how much people would want these things or they're just not able to make them physically or is this some evil plan to you know deny fans what they truly desire all in the name of being able to sell a few in the process i i think nintendo in, is smart they're they've been around a long time so mm-hmm. they know how these things work mm-hmm. and they've been known in the past to purposely um you know, to sh- constrain supply to increase demand. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what they're doing with these. It's interesting. Although some people say, like in Europe, 
it's not very hard to find these things because there isn't the same demand Mm -hmm. or at least, or maybe the supply is just better. Um, the only issue some people are saying is that they're actually a little harder to get now in Japan because that's, people are importing them from Japan to Mm -hmm. to help supply, you know, America. And um, that's why it's getting a little harder to find them now in Japan because we're buying them all. Yeah, I guess in Japan, like you can get the Japanese version of the amiibo, and pretty, it's pretty easily, yeah. And it's and it's functionally the same. It'll provide the uh, same game features, and it'll, it looks the same too. So the only difference is you get Japanese packaging, you get like a different card, uh, presumably. But but beyond that, I mean, it's still a stand-in for the figure. If 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 what you want is a a, a statuette to put on your shelf, then that that will work just as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard that there was this port strike uh, happening yeah, on, on the yeah, West Coast. That, that's that's over now. That's well, that it's over just... now, but it, it was an effect during yeah, the initial I, waves. I that, don't know. I don't. Think I'm that was... I'm I'm a little skeptical of that too. Yeah, I am. Just because I'm like, well, what does that mean? I mean, like, okay. are, like if like if I buy something from somebody in. In Asia, I'm not going to get the package because of the strike. That, that might have delayed like shipments from getting out, but I don't think that mm-hmm. explains why you know you can't find these limited edition figures anywhere. Right. Well, here's here's just a good example. Like for instance, Walmart exclusive Gold Mario. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like two WalMarts in like all of Long Island. You know, in, Long, in New York. Uh huh. And that covers what at least a few million maybe people. Uh, yeah, a few. So you have like two WalMarts covering that many people. Well, they just don't have a very big retail presence, right? Yeah. In that well, market. that's my my example here. Mm-hmm. And so I was in there that day when they came in, and the and I know because I know the people who work there, and they told me they got in five pieces. Mm-hmm. That's it. Five for, for the whole store. For the whole store. So those five people have to cater to a couple million customers, right? So and I'm sure something some... is not right. I it, it I mean I, I just don't understand their thinking here. I, I understand why the stores want the exclusives mm-hmm. because you know it gets people into their stores. It brings customers to them, and even if they don't get the item that they want, they're still in the store, yeah. and maybe they'll shop for something else while they're sure, there. Which is you know there's there's a there's a trickle legal, over but okay effect. Well, it's a right big switch isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, they're not if saying advertise something and then you don't have it. And you they're not saying. Here we don't have it anymore, and he buy this instead. Well, they did. They had the regular Mario. <laughs> well, sure, but instead of the gold one, I don't. They're not pushing that onto customers. Basically, they're they're saying they're thinking uh, is basically well, people will come to the store and hopefully get what they want, and if they and can't buy like groceries or something, yeah, like maybe they'll just yeah. shop for something else while they're there, you know. But yeah, I don't know. I know. And I'm sure Nintendo makes a deal to to grant these exclusives to these stores because. Maybe they'll make a deal and they'll say, well, we'll guarantee you this many boxes of Amiibos or give us this much shelf space in exchange for the exclusive. I'm sure there's deals that are, you know, were beneficial to both of those parties, but the end result is that the, the customer, the, the fan that wants to get a lot of this stuff, they end up not being able to get it mm-hmm. uh, because of shortages and because of these exclusives. Um, I don't know. I, I'm... I'm just skeptical that they would purposely limit their product to such a degree because, I mean, if they can sell 50, why wouldn't they want to sell 50? Why sell only five or, you know, 500 or, you know, a thousand, whatever they Mm -hmm. can get up to. I mean, I've, I've heard that I've heard analysts say that, you know, Nintendo, despite their experience and everything else, they're still 
a somewhat conservative company. They're still a little risk averse. This is a new product line for them. This isn't this isn't games and this isn't mm, other stuff they've uh, done. That's excuses. These are toys and they weren't quite sure what the they know level what of anticipation they here make was a toy be. line already. They have they have Lego figures or whatever those. But those are licensed to partners. Ah, but these are these are first party Nintendo products that they manufacture and that they have to stock and ship. They they can you know that other stuff they they sign a, a contract and somebody They've else been does all the hundred years. <laughs> they know how this stuff works. They uh, know what works, what sells, what doesn't. Yeah, true enough. But I don't know. I I just feel like. I think it's I think it's easier to to assume that this is all part of some master scheme. I, I just think they're they're just not sure what to do in some of these situations. I don't know. So so your vote is that this is all part. Of, this is all working according to plan. Yes. And my conclusion is I think they've still got a lot of stuff to figure out. And because uh, you know, I guess worst case, like if something does sell out and they think there is enough demand for it, they'll just make another lot, right? They'll just run it again. I don't know if it's that simple to do that mm-hmm. in the manufacturing process. Well, we've heard some figures are coming back. Uh, that's what we've heard, but we haven't seen it yet. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know how true that is. Mm. But in any event, yeah, neither of us are collecting them. I really don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'm not buying any either yet. No. Except maybe Pac-Man. Maybe. Maybe. And that new Yoshi looks pretty cool. Oh, Yarn Yoshi? (laughs) Yarn Yoshi. Anything made of yarn is cool. It's cute. It's pretty cool. There's there's, there's an artist, um, I think she's on Etsy, Mm -hmm. that makes like food and stuff out of yarn. But they have like faces, like cute little faces. Right. And it's like the the most adorable stuff. I love it. I, I found her stuff like five years ago. I don't know if it's still available. Those are all sold out too. Uh no, no, <laughs> buy them. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess I guess we'll find out. I guess now that the strike is done, and now that enough people have complained, we'll see if anything changes. Nope. Because <laughs> it's not because they already have the next wave out, mm-hmm. and there's already one figure that's hard to find. You know, it's. it's we it's shall not going to end. It's going to be the same thing. Mm. All right. What's next? Well, I guess there was a bit of Sony news this week, too. Sony? Uh, indeed. Sony uh, uh, basically purchased the OnLive service. And if you remember, OnLive was one of the very early uh, examples of uh, game streaming. Yep. Um, they were basically uh, doing PC gaming. For the most part, I think that's pretty much what they had. Um, they had a little box that you can buy that hooked, plugged into your TV. They were giving it to you for free in mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you needed a good connection. Right. So there were all kinds of requirements. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of broadband uh, requirements and things. Um, and there was also, I think, a web client or at least like something on the PC mm. side where basically you can, you, you basically didn't have to buy games or you could buy games through their service. And you played it like you know streaming the same mm-hmm. way uh some the competitors now are catching up to this uh, concept um but basically sony's going to buy it and they're going to shut it down by the end of april um they pretty much acquired the service just to you know just for their patent portfolio to add to their own yeah so just take it away from somebody else could be could be a competitive blocking maneuver uh-huh. to just sort of um, cuz they already owned 
uh, Gaikai. They, bought that. they acquired them, yeah. That's right. Which was a competitor at the time. And that's their current street, uh, PlayStation Now streaming service. Right. That's what they turned it into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I so guess... this doesn't really fit in their plans, but um, like I, I think it makes mo- the most sense that they want to take it away from their competitor. Right, yeah, because I, I, I would have thought that maybe somebody like Microsoft or... Uh, I don't know, I don't see Nintendo wanting to go this in this no, direction. No, no. But certainly, you know, Xbox to compete with playstation now this seemed like a natural fit you know to be able to do the same thing offer xbox 360 and xbox you know original titles through this Mm -hmm. and even pc gaming you know why not because microsoft seems to be on a new push to kind of reinvigorate windows gaming as well um so yeah it's uh i guess sucks for anyone who you know well yeah so what happens to all those people who bought games on that service uh, because they're going to probably shut down the servers now so you can't yeah. play since since you don't actually own any games right like like um locally it's all going to be i guess i don't know yeah no it's going to be gone that's yeah. it any games you bought through that i mean it, it did support buying steam games on that service so mm-hmm. basically you can buy a steam game own it through the service and play it oh through there without owning a pc okay. or any like local gaming hardware Mm -hmm. um that's still connected to the steam account that you own through the service okay so if you do eventually get a machine or if you have another machine to play it on you still own those games um but anything that wasn't through that system now there are still other companies that do this Mm -hmm. other than sony and OnLive. Mm -hmm. i believe there are a few out there yeah yeah i don't know if it's going to remain viable but we'll see there's the one that you even saw on the uh, Ouya system, yeah. right? I think Playcast, maybe, or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh-huh. Right. I'm sure there'll be new ones, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's right. just interesting, though, how that uh, Way to turned go, out. Sony. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> uh, well, here's another interesting thing that I saw. Um, this other uh, online store, GOG.com, who I've talked about before, also known as Good Old Games. Mm-hmm. Um They've got a. Th- they're introducing a thing now where you can take your physical PC games and turn them into DRM-free digital copies through their service. So basically, what you'll do is, let's say you had a, a DVD for a game that can be installed, you'll take that CD key or that DVD key, that activation code that came with the game. Yeah. You can submit it to GRG.com instead, and they'll basically give you. A, a copy of the game through there, and then when you don't get it through their store, you say like, "What?" But I sent you my code, and they're like, "What code?" Well, <laughs> you, you code. You redeem it on the website. You don't have to physically send oh, them anything. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have to send the disc in or anything like that. But basically, you're redeeming the code against their their library. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is pretty good. I mean, it reminds me of the uh, Apple does this with the iTunes Match. Mm-hmm. We just upload your. You know, you're uh, stolen MP3s everywhere, and they'll, con- <laughs> they'll convert them to their store official. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they say here that it only works with six games so far. This is, oh, this is the initial offering. Not that good, then. <laughs> um, however, three of those games... Well, for one thing, three of those games are only available in Russia. Uh, oh, nice. Those are... <laughs> and then the other three are games that I actually own. Tomb Raider so... 1, Tomb Raider 2, and Tomb Raider 3. <laughs> Uh, no, no. These are um, these are these are some other games that I've never heard of. Um, so it's not every game. It's just 
well, actually, I guess one of the games are, are, is Russian only. Uh, this game called uh, Fire and Sword. Mm-hmm. Or this is a this is a, a, a game now, for this, Mountain Blade. Yeah. Now, because they they've made up an appoint to include Russia stuff, mm-hmm. is that because of the piracy issues? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and GOG is based in Europe, though. Mm. They're uh, they're a Polish company, and um, I think they probably have a bigger presence in in those territories okay. compared to Steam and some other services. So, um, but. Three of the games that are being offered here are uh, the titles in the Stalker series, which is, you know, a, a bunch of first-person shooter games that were pretty popular. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Okay. I, I have a bunch of these games, and I actually did not install one of them because of the copy protection that's used on the game. Mm. Um, there was a system called uh, Tages or Tags or something like that. I don't know how to say that. Uh, but nonetheless, um, some of these, some of these copy protection techniques are really, um, they kind of get in the way of how the computer operates and block certain other features and are really overbearing. Um, so I kind of bought the game and then read about it and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'll, I'll wait and buy it digitally someday. And I never <laughs> did. But now that I've got this, I can actually redeem the code that's on my physical game and, cool. and turn it into a download. So and then the download will be DRM free. No, no. So consider on your hard drive for another ten years. Sure, <laughs> I haven't played it yet, but you know, I'll add it to my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, I guess we can talk also about April Fool's Day again. We can gone. April Fool's is we gone. Can, we can circle back to that uh, fun time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe mention what we, what we saw as our kind of favorite things or did we see anything interesting that, that we thought was kind of clever Um, or kind of interesting? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like there was a little bit more. I felt like last year they're really, I don't know. I had trouble finding some of the the jokes last year. Mm -hmm. This year they seem to be a little bit more um, in my face, like on my Facebook (laughs) feed. I see like everywhere. Uh So I like it. I like the April Fool stuff. It's fun. Hmm. Um, you know, some of them were like the Think Geek always does some funny ones. Yeah, right. I actually voted on one of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because yeah. they were, I think they had like six different ones, right? Uh, and, um, I don't know if I saw those. They asked you, like, they, well, they told you this time. They said, well, none of these are real, but if you'd like to see these turn into real products, uh, yeah. no, they always please do let that. us know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, join our mailing list or something. I, I Fix It did a pretty good one mm-hmm. for uh, taking apart the Apple Watch. It was a couple, a couple of funny ones. But uh, the one that, I've, of course, that resonated with me was the Google one, mm-hmm. which was for uh, Pac-Man. Right. And so they had, a, they <clears throat> and they did this a couple of years ago with the Google Maps, where you can look at your map and there's an option to insert coin, mm-hmm. like a little icon. You press it and your map now turns into a Pac-Man maze. Mm. You know, the, so the streets literally would become, you know, the maze. Right. And so you can it, play Pac-Man. And it overlays the ghosts, yeah, and Pac-Man and dots, and you can play the game using mm-hmm. the street layout <laughs> that you're looking at on the map. It's very clever. It's cool, yeah. It's a great way to get new Pac-Man mazes. And they even pay attention to the uh, directions on the streets. So if it's a one-way, you know, Pac-Man naturally will move that way. Hmm. If it's a two-way street, you know, you can, you know, they'll have two rows of dots for the, um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the direction. Right. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I tried it out a little bit. I tried out different locations, too. I tried to find, like, really troublesome spots to make a maze, and 
things that wouldn't work out so well, like parking lots and things like, like that. Circular and yeah. open spaces. Yeah, those roundabouts. Let me yeah. tell you. I hate roundabouts. <laughs> it was not that obvious to ha- how to control that well, but... Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's it funny too. It worked on my phone too, my Android yeah, phone. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was mobile enabled as well. It's a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, though, I mean, while that was like kind of an April Fool's thing, um, as it turns out, April third is National Pac-Man Day. So I'm I'm really upset that I missed it. <laughs> I did not know of this. You didn't know. It was no. everywhere. The news was all really? over. Yeah, so... Oh, man. I, I didn't put CNN <clears throat> on. Well, it was on mostly gaming sites and oh. uh, Atari... Really? Um, How did I miss this? Atari fan sites and things like that. Yeah. Well, it was declared by Atari, and it was called National Pac-Man Day because that was the day that the Pac-Man cartridge for 2600 was going to be available in stores. That was the whole uh, reason that they, they did that back in 1980. For the 2600? For the 2600. Now, wasn't Al Nielsen responsible for that? Uh, like so the, we were led to believe. The marketing part, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah From indeed. Sega, who later went on to... That's right. Yeah. ...do the Sega generation, <laughs> Genesis. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I saw footage of this um, because apparently they were doing these promotions back in '82 in different arenas, mm-hmm. um, and one of them was uh, they they actually had a thing going on in San Francisco. They had a, a a drive during that time to try to save the 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 trolleys, and. Um, those are the things you see on the rice aroni commercials, right? <laughs> um, if you were, if you can remember those commercials, <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, so they, I think it's, I think during that time though, Atari uh, pledged a million dollars to the city of San Francisco to help contribute to the the, the trolley campaign, the the, the cable cars as they mm-hmm. like to call them, I guess. Um, and I, I saw photos of uh, Ray Kassar president of Atari at the time, uh, presenting uh, the city with a million-dollar check being electronically transferred through an Atari 800. That's crazy. I know. If you can imagine that. (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) So during that event, too, was like there was a giant furry... Yeah, I've seen that photo. uh, ...costume of of Pac-Man. That's funny. (laughs) It's like the old interpretation of Pac-Man, not Mm -hmm. like the modern one. Right. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's cool. I thought that was kind of nuts. Now, is, was that the only, like, in that time period, were there ever, like, that's like an early form of cosplaying, right? Uh, sort it's, of. I mean, it's it's promotional, though. Yeah, it was promotional. But, so, but even if it's promotional, like, did they have someone dressed as, like, the Yar from Yar's Revenge, or, <laughs> uh, what is it, the Kotile? Is that what he's called? Uh, that was the enemy. Oh, that was the enemy. Um, yeah. Or how about the, you know, the Pixel from Adventure, or... <laughs> Did they do that stuff back then, or was Pac-Man pretty much... Or like, even Donkey Kong. Like, did, I don't remember anyone ever dressing as Mario or... I don't know. Q-Bird or anything like that. I'd have like to research that. it. I'd have to see what's in the photo archives. Hmm. A giant space invader. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, you saw that kind of stuff in commercials, I mean, like, though. Uh, the commercials of that time. Oh, like um, Pitful Harry. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> 
But yeah. even like, because, I mean, they didn't have E3 back then, but they had the CES, right? Right, right. So they must have had it at some of these booths for like Atari and Activision. And You'd think? People dressed up as the Jungle King and right, yeah. Hero, whatever they had going on back then. You're going to have to reach out to some of those people who Hard attended back. those shows. Yeah. To see if they remember anything like that. Huh. It's crazy. <laughs> I want to know what the earliest cosplaying was. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, well, you know. Because I remember when I, when I did Science CES fiction conventions in the probably. 90s. Well, no, I'm not talking about, talking about for gaming. Mm, for games. Like, I mean, uh, like the CES in the 90s that I went to, when Street Fighter 2 was coming out for Super Nintendo, they had um, a girl dressed as Cammy at the booth. Oh, nice. And I thought that was really funny. It was like, oh, this is like Disneyland. People dress as characters mm-hmm. from the game. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You saw that at anime conventions, too. A lot of gaming crossover. Yeah, I didn't know many anime conventions in the early <clears throat> 90s. Yeah, first one I went to was 94 or 95. Mm. So, even then, I saw some costumes there. And some of them were taken from games. Well, so. I always thought you had to be Japanese to do something like that. <laughs> it spread. The word cosplay came from Japan, but... It did, right? Yeah, but... Because I remember there was a... I didn't really ever learn about it until... Around that time, someone released a book that was all about cosplaying. Mm-hmm. There was just pictures of, like, kids in Japan, like, dressing up. And I was like, oh, this is, like, a really cool culture. Mm-hmm. And then, like, five years later, it was just huge in America. Yeah, yeah. As fandom took off, took off mm-hmm. here, people were starting to do the same thing. Sure. Uh, well... I guess there was another story, though, related to April Fool's that we can, I guess, talk about. Yeah, what's that? (laughs) What other foolish stories? Uh, So there was a story about uh, The Binding of Isaac, one of your favorite games. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's on my top ten. Well, believe it or not, there are people who have been wanting to play this game on uh, Nintendo systems. I don't know what's wrong with these people, but okay. The game has got a definite fan base. I, I I don't understand it. Uh huh. But if that's what they enjoy, I guess. Yeah. Well, so I guess um, the uh, the the creators of this game um, put up a tweet or put up a, an entry on their blog, actually, uh, or or both, um, saying that they were going to be releasing on like you know the Nintendo Wii U and 3DS, uh, as well as Xbox One, um, and they're saying that you know the game was blocked from those systems previously because of you know, issues with the subject matter of the game and some of the imagery and... It's got religious overtones. Yeah, it's got religious themes and, um, you know, maybe things that just Nintendo found questionable or undesirable or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were going to address these issues by, you know, making changes to the game, even though they swore that that they're not going to budge on this issue, that they're not going to change anything in the game because they, they they're into freedom of expression and, you know, creators of a work of art being able to depict whatever they like. Um, so they didn't want to be subject to any kind of censorship. Uh, but they felt like, oh, well, we're going to make a few changes just to kind of make it more palatable to the company. And, you know, so now, like, instead of um, Isaac being depicted as just, like, fleshy, you know, presumably without any clothes, we're going to put, you know, a fig leaf on the figure to... Mm-hmm. You know, because they feel like, well, you know, that's just a tasteful way to sort of deal with yeah, that Adam issue. Yeah, Adam and Eve, right? He had a little mm-hmm. fig leaf. Right. And and then they wanted to remove the reference to God by substituting it with uh, with a dog mm-hmm. instead. You yeah. know, and somehow the dog sure. was was uh, talking in the game and making, uh, 
Isaac's mother do all those horrible things to him. Yes. Things like that. Um, and then they wanted to replace the, the Christian imagery with um, what they described as a religion that was more ex- socially acceptable to to make fun of, which was Scientology in, mm-hmm. in their blog. They mentioned that. They showed, like, you know, um, other objects that would make Scient- Scientology references instead of, you know, more mainstream Christianity and things like that. Um, so that turned out, to, that whole thing turned out to be, obviously, an April Fool's joke. Some people kind of bought into this and reported it, it as news. To me. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that the game is coming out for those systems. So the joke is not that the game's not coming. Right. The joke was that they don't have to change the graphics. Exactly. Anything. Exactly. It's going to come out unedited mm-hmm. in its original form. Yep. I mean, it's ridiculous because the game's all like cartoonish sure. and drawn anyway. So. Yeah, it makes yeah. no sense, but apparently they've been able to convince enough people there that they don't need to worry about this stuff anymore. And uh, <laughs> yeah, those games are coming out like unchanged. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the punchline to okay. their April Fool's joke. I think that was uh, kind of amusing. <laughs> um, and we've got one final item to bring up, which is uh, this thing that Hyperkin had another, put up. Another April Fool's. Another April Fool's joke that uh, is taken very much in the tradition of the iCade, I guess, where basically they put up an, a concept... And if enough people thought it was a good idea, maybe they'll go ahead and make it. Mm. Um, so this thing is called the Smart Boy, mm-hmm. right? And this is kind of a, a controller um, slash uh, shell for like an iPhone 6 Plus. Yeah, yeah. That you slide the phone into and it becomes like the bottom half of like a Game Boy, for example. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like a Game Boy without a screen. Mm-hmm. And then your screen would be the your smartphone that you slide into the right. shell. right. right. And um, enough people said, hey, we think this is great. You guys should yeah. totally do it. Uh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> those, those, They've done things like this already. Mm-hmm. It may not have looked exactly like a Game Boy, right. but it's the same concept. Well, he, the th- they took this a step further, though, because basically this would have had an actual Game Boy cart slot in the back. Mm-hmm. So this would take physical Game Boy Like their Retron does. Uh-huh. And... Right. Okay. Yeah, and it would basically be able to play it through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is going to do that, though. Uh, is that what they're saying this is going to do? I would assume that's how it's supposed to work. Because mm. otherwise, how else would you that's, accomplish that? It's not going to get a... It might maybe for Android, but not for right. iOS. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's one of the things that I thought of when I, yeah. when I saw that Apple they're... doesn't allow emulators. So. Exactly. Yeah. Even, I mean... And Nintendo's not even going to allow this anyway. <laughs> right. That's the other thing. I'm sure they're going to get in the way of this. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they basically said that, you know, uh, their statement on the issue was, a lot of you were speculating that the Smart Boy is an April Fool's joke. Well, it sort of was. We leaked it with the intent of testing the market and seeing whether or not it should be something we should actually make under the guise of an April Fool's joke. Um, but they've also confirmed that they're going to... That they're that it's actual under you know it's under actual development and they're going to go ahead. I'm going to say it's make it a product. DOA already. <laughs> right. I I agree because not only are there several legal obstacles to them doing this, whether it's Apple's policies or Nintendo getting in in the mix of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other issue is that you know the iPhone has always been a changing kind of a thing and. Well, F- physically, especially androids, like yeah, well, yeah, even more different. so. 
safe shapes and sizes and thicknesses. There's no standard at all. This so. this the way the product was presented, it looked like it was very tailor made to the size yes. and dimensions of the actual phone. Yep. Um, and that's just going to be obsolete at the well, moment. Well, the whole novelty is that it looks like a Game Boy, mm-hmm. and there's no way this is going to look like a Game Boy, mm-hmm. right? On, on whatever product they decide to to put out. Yeah, yeah, they don't want people thinking. Well, Nintendo especially would not want anyone thinking that this is an actual Nintendo product. Yeah. So, I don't see this going very far. No. <laughs> Plus, there's just far more efficient ways to do. You know, I mean, for one thing, you buy a used Game Boy for about thirty bucks. You don't need a four hundred dollars smartphone to accomplish yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some. There's a good knockoff one too that. Exactly. Our friend Frankie talked about on the Digital Press podcast. Right. Which the, is like play, uh, GB like, Boy, I think. It's or something, something like that, yeah. It's supposed like to that. play cards. It's got like a new screen and everything. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to look great. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it in action. It looks good. So I would almost recommend any of those in, in place of yeah, this. Yeah. Plus, yeah. they have controllers <laughs> already for any Android or iOS. So it's not like this is some novelty mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah, that was a failure. <laughs> so that's the one that didn't go over. Nah. Mm. Well, be sure to uh, reach us on our Facebook page if you've got any comments or follow-up on any of the things that we talked about mm-hmm. or anything uh, else that comes to mind. Yeah, we love feedback, even if it's negative. <laughs> Especially if it's Especially. negative. <laughs> So, uh, also hit us up on obbfeedback at gmail.com if you'd like to send us an email instead. If you're one of those people that refuses to use Facebook. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.